From Welcome Villain Films, the studio that brought you the horror hit Malum, as well as Beaten to Death and Hunter Killer, comes their newest nightmare, Mind, Body, Spirit, now available on digital. Directed by Alex Haynes and Matthew Miranda, and produced by Dan Asma, Mind, Body, Spirit follows Anya, an aspiring yoga influencer, as she embarks on a ritual practice left behind by her estranged grandmother. What starts as a spiritual self-help guide quickly evolves into something much more sinister. As Anya becomes increasingly obsessed with the mysterious power of the practice, she unwittingly unleashes an otherworldly entity that begins to take control of her life and her videos. Now, Anya must race to unlock the truth before her descent into madness threatens to consume her mind, body, and spirit. During its festival tour, which stops at Chattanooga Film Festival and the Unnamed Footage Festival, Mind, Body, Spirit garnered praise from critics who call it a found footage version of Hereditary and a knockout found footage horror movie for the live stream era. Experience the first ever yoga-themed found footage horror film and don't miss the film viewers have called extremely frightening and upsetting. Available now on digital anywhere you rent or buy movies online, including Prime Video and Apple Plus. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What is The Briefing Room? It's a behind-the-scenes look at how the criminal justice system works and the lives of the people within that system. If you love true crime, well, these are the real people who do the job every day of making sure justice is served. Hi, I'm Detective Dave. I'm Detective Dan. Together, we have decades of experience in local law enforcement, a profession that we think is often misunderstood. So we're going to explore how to do it right, and we won't shy away from when it's done wrong. These are stories you'll hear nowhere else. Unique, frank, and unvarnished. From the team that brought you Small Town Dicks, this is The Briefing Room. Episode 1 drops on August 30th. We'll meet you in The Briefing Room. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com And welcome back to Little Cuts, our weekly mini-sode where we dig into the things that we've been watching recently. I'm Terry, and that was a weird cadence. I apologize. It gave me time to burp silently, so thank you so much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Always just thinking about thank you, Mary you Beth. So much. That's why I did it. It's all for you. Anyway, um, I'm Mary Beth, by the way. Oh, <laughs> I'm Mary Beth, in case you didn't know. Um, and this week, we are talking A Boy and His Pup. Um, a boy who becomes a pup, which I'm very excited for these two parent things. Um, Mary Beth's hellish analog horror journey, a murder submarine, a surprising backpack trip, and a parody so successful it spawned a subgenre in the early aughts. Yeah, and didn't age very well, but we'll we'll uh, we'll, we'll get, get into to it. That. But first, I want to hear about a boy and his pup. I oh love my boys goodness! And pups. Okay. <laughs> oh God. Oh, uh, I okay. feel like that was so, the wrong thing for me to say. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, so this is a movie that just premiered at Beyond Fest uh, called Good Boy. It is um, from Norway. It's Norwegian. And it is about Christian, 
a millionaire heir who meets Sigrid, a young student, on a dating app. I regret everything I did. They hit it off very quickly. And she comes home to hang out with him that night and realizes that um, Christian lives with Frank, a human who dresses up and acts like a dog. Um, actually, acting like a dog isn't exactly... What's what, what what's going on with Frank? Um, he is a dog. I mean, he's a human, but he's not acting. He just is simply, in the words of Christian, he's simply a dog. Is it a sex thing? No. <laughs> um, it is, but although she does Google and watches videos about pup play, um, because she is instantly like turned off by this fact because um she has sex with him and falls asleep in his bed and then when she wakes up in the morning there is a man in a dog suit on the floor panting at her and then Krishna's like oh yeah that's frank you should treat him like a dog he feeds him out of a out of a dog bowl he feeds him doggy treats takes him on walks and you start to like She's instantly, like, confused and a little horrified by this this turn of events. And so, but she finds out, yeah, yeah, that's that's Frank. <laughs> that's, that's, that's Frank. Uh, finds out that, um, you know, that he, this guy is a multimillionaire. She decides to go on another date with him and talks to him and f- tries to figure out what is up with Frank. And it kind of goes from there. And I'm not going to say anything else, because to say anything else would be to spoil this movie. Uh, Needless to say, um, it gives me, again, without spoiling anything, gives me fresh vibes in terms of, like, you never know, not in terms of, like, cannibalism, but in terms of, like, you never know who you're going to meet on these dating apps. I can't really say anything else without spoiling it. I enjoyed this this film. It kind of is a little... um, predictable in terms of where it's going to ultimately go and you start to see signs of like oh i don't know if i would be doing this but i enjoyed it it's interesting okay okay <laughs> yeah so boy and his pup okay holy shit i just that threw me for a loop i had not even heard of this movie oh my god yeah one of my uh pr people bex she reached out she's like hey i have this wild movie out of beyond fest do you want to watch yeah, it i'm sure, like yeah great. sure and you're like okay cool yeah uh-huh yeah just wild it was wild let's talk about this hellish analog journey though Sorry, I, I, have more to I, say. I have no idea I just, like i have so many questions I and i know you can't answer them for spoilers so I, I'm that's, just like, and that's the problem that's the problem is that like I was when I when I when I read the synopsis, I was like, oh, is this going to be kind of like this weird menage a trois like pup play? It's a thing in the gay community. And I was like, is this and I guess in the straight community in some ways. Mostly, but like yeah. I was like, is this is this going to be that? And it's not. But yeah. OK, it's all right. well. it's weird. I, I enjoyed it, though. Yeah. All right. Anyway, uh... <laughs> analog horror. <laughs> Now that I've blown your mind. Uh, yes. <laughs> huh? Um, so I have the past week been doing like a deep dive into weird YouTube stuff because I have watched a lot of movies. My brain is very tired. And I was like, well, I want to get my horror fix, but I'm going to try and going back to analog horror, which is, 
which is basically used to describe like YouTube video, like, a lot of these YouTube videos that I feel like. Did you did you watch the house? Yeah, tour? this is like this is what. Okay, thank you, because I was like, this is what got me doing it, like thinking about this again, because you sent me a video called My House Walkthrough, and the blew my fucking mind. So I fell down another analog horror hole, which is basically like found footage movie, like found footage video, like how I describe it, like found footage-esque videos that are on YouTube, but a lot of them aren't just like creepy footage. It's like, think the Mandela catalog, things that have been edited to kind of have this very vintage feel of like mm-hmm. static and these, we- and they feel very 90s like kind of but 90s vibes but also like kind of out of time and place and so and they're all pretty scary and so you sent me my house walkthrough which is more like traditional found footage it's not as it's not as analogy but but it's like such a weird gray area that it isn't yeah but anyway so my house walkthrough you sent me which is basically pt the short movie and it's like 12 minutes of a guy walking through his house but the house is falling apart and it's raining and every time he gets to the end of a hallway it repeats and each time he walks through this hall like as he walks through the hallways things change and get weirder and so that reminded me about like how much i love some of these things on youtube and how there is so much going on in like digital horror space that Mm -hmm. I sometimes forget about. And I also edited this incredible article about analog horror at Dread Central. So then I just like fell into a rabbit hole. So I watched my house walkthrough. Then I went to the Tangy virus, which is a series about a virus that is in water and where that virus is coming from. And it's all told through like PSAs on TV, like TV PSAs. Yeah. Um, TV PSAs and also like scientists, like, journals and records of things that they have experienced and so what a lot of these videos have kind of how they why they stand out is a couple things so one a lot of them are very much like text-based and voiceover based they're not like a lot of original film stuff it's a lot of using like graphics but and text and archival footage to create these things on a super low budget but also Mm -hmm creating a lot of real like a lot of these things feel even more real because they're just like thrown onto youtube and so like i have gone now into this massive hole of watching i've seen them i've seen a lot of like the big ones but i started watching off the local 58 tv ones um i found monument mythos which is about um mount rushmore and all this weird shit going on at mount rushmore which is by um mr manticore I have made a spreadsheet where I am now making a whole like list of YouTube analog horror stuff. I'm now on the Reddit uh, subreddit for our analog horror and watching these like all of these videos that have two views on them and there's some really good ones. So I um, have now made this my entire personality and for the first time in a long time, I'm actually having nightmares from the things I am watching. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, shit. So that's why another reason I wanted to bring this up was because, like, I think, like, I I have a lot, I am a person that has nightmares, like, a lot because of trauma. And so I have a lot of, I just have nightmares, but movies don't typically trigger them. But watching analog horror recently has because oh, wow. I, we all know, I've talked about before my weird, like, fears of houses that, are unknowable, like unknowable spaces and mm-hmm. spaces that are uncomfortable and that like spaces that feel familiar but aren't familiar. 
are a huge fear of mine that for some reasons I'm... That's kind of why I was like, you have to yes! watch this My House so, walkthrough, because I was like... And so, like, <laughs> I have... Re- like, and, like, so, the, it's, like, the reason why Skinamarink, which I think is, like, one of the closest ways, like, at analog... Like, between that and World's Fair, in terms of having analog horror on, like, YouTube translating into, like, feature films, those capture mm-hmm. it, and I think it captures this, like, weird... Space, like liminal 90s space in my subconsciousness that I can't quite explain, but somehow melts my head and makes me feel like I am like floating. It sounds very crazy. I swear I'm sober talking about this. Like, but it just taps into this weird fear, and it's been fascinating to dig into it and see how scary. What if we, what if we do a Fresh Wounds episode on these YouTube videos? I mean, I'm down. I could talk about this shit forever. Um, I'm like rewatching Marble Hornets because that was really that was one of like the first big ones. So yeah, I'm just like going through a, a very fascinating analog horror journey on the internet, and there's some weird shit out there, guys, and it's great. So if you have any suggestions for things I should be watching, let me know. So yeah, Please. that's my journey. <laughs> Wanted to share that. Yeah. That's wild. I <laughs> like I have a lot of thoughts about this too in terms of like the '90s aesthetic, uh, particularly with like also video games have like indie horror games have been going back to like a psx like aesthetic of really crappy visuals like purposefully doing so to like rekindle kind of like almost like that nostalgic feel i guess of that time period yeah and i also think that because if like and i so i was home wedding planning stuff and was talking to my i have a 20 year old brother and I was asking him about this because he loves this stuff. And it was really cool to hear his perspective as someone who uses YouTube a lot different than oh, I do. Mm-hmm. And he thought a lot of these things were real when he first found them. Like, he actually, because... Oh, wow. Because so much of them, like, feel so... Vi- like, they feel like old TV announcements or, like, PSAs or commercials. And the way that they're made, if you don't... You know, if you stumble upon them on YouTube and you don't know anything about them, like, they do seem real. Like they and again, like right. I think this is a really I'm gonna nerd out. It's like a really interesting indication of how like the found footage idea, like DIY filmmaking, is shifting in the digital age. Because I again I talk about this a lot and how like technology and the internet have let found footage become something so unique that I don't think any other subgenre or like filmmaking technique of horror has. And I think it's leading to some really really cool creative stuff that just not as many people are seeing or like people that are in maybe in the horror filmmaking industry aren't respecting as much because they think of horror filmmaking as one thing but horror filmmaking i think is shifting so much in terms of what that means and what people are creating and i think it's just so fucking cool to see what people are making like the house walkthrough has a whole making of video that was really fucking cool and, like, you know, the Mandela catalog in the back rooms, people, they're, like, 18-year-old kids just, like, fucking around in Premiere. Like, it's so interesting. So, yeah, I could. That's why I think an episode of this would be kind I, of interesting. I mean, I, could, I have a spreadsheet. I have things labeled. It's, in, it's like, <laughs> yeah. But anyway, okay, so we talked about Boy and his pup and then analog horror. But then what about a boy who turns into a pup? Is this one a sex thing? Okay, cool. No. <laughs> Look, I you wish. Said pop, oh my and I'm god! Like, this is. is it, I'm um... like, am I being a weirdo for thinking about pop play? But no, like you know. Just... <laughs> no, this is a werewolf by night. Oh, go- <laughs> uh, 
very clever. Anyway, um, cool. Tell me. It came to me as I was watching Fuck these two yeah. movies. I was like, I watched a movie with a pup and a That's guy an who becomes a pup. That's an incredible little feature. That really I just, is. I had to. Yeah. Um, so Werewolf by Night is Marvel's little Halloween special that's on Disney+. Plus. And it sort of apes the, um, I would say, universe, universal monster feel from the 1930s. Like, it's all shot in black and white. It has, like, I mean, a werewolf in it. Sort of like the Wolfman type thing. Uh, the main character is played by Gail Garcia Bernal, who... He's so pretty. He's hot. <laughs> He's hot. That's all I, I have him. to say on that. <laughs> And like I, I mean, I I kind of wish that they had just really gone old school horror instead of trying to instead of it being superhero-y because I do think the superhero element of it kind of takes okay. me out of it because it's about this family of like monster killers and they're sort of like they come together because this man of Bloodstone, I. The lore kind of went over my head. It was but like, it was a comic, right? He it dies. was a comic book, right? Like Werewolf by Night is a comic. Okay. I think so. I'm, guys, I don't know jack shit at this point about anything Marvel. I don't, and either. I won't even try to pretend like I understand. <laughs> no, me neither. But guy dies, has this bloodstone. I think his last name was Bloodstone, huh, and everyone shocking. is trying to. I I know, right? And everyone is trying to like become the next person in charge of this monster hunting organization and so they've unleashed a monster in a closed in area and everyone has to the person that kills it and takes the bloodstone from it it gets the bloodstone uh, i don't really know ooh. all i know is is that like it has gale turning into a werewolf it has man thing who is the adorable adorable like I am Groot meets uh, Swamp Thing. Okay. Wow, there's someone called the Flaming Tuba in this show. Oh my god, there is a Flaming Tuba in this. He is literally like walking on a, like a, they're doing like a march, and it is literally a guy playing a tuba that is on fire. And it's amazing. Okay. Man Thing makes um, Gale a French press coffee at some point in this movie or this episode it's just it was it was it was adorable it was delightful uh i i do think that the direction by composer make uh michael giancio he's a yeah. composer this is his directorial I'm not debut try to under, like, i can't i've heard it said before but i'm i do think the it feels very tv in terms of like their discussions it's very much like a Camera uh, close up on person's face. Camera close up on the next person's face. Okay. Back and forth, like it's very workmanlike in the direct okay. in the direction and cinematography. But there's a lot of really cool um, interplay with 1930s horror that was really drawing me in. So, I it's on Disney Plus. It's less than an hour. I kind of wish a little bit meatier, but it was fun. Okay. All right. And I like seeing Marvel do horror. I've yeah, I've heard. I want more. I've heard people saying like, okay, this is like the best they've done in terms of hitting horror stuff. Mm-hmm. And I like Gabriel Gal Gar- or Gail Gail Garcia, Garcia Bernal. I always yeah, Gail Garcia Bernal. I really like him and everything. And I feel like if you're if you're an yeah, actor I've... worth anything, you're on a fucking Marvel thing at this point. So <laughs> I've loved him since E.T. Oh, Mama Tambi yes. and movies. Okay, so what well, I didn't realize it was only fifty two minutes, so maybe I will check it out. Yeah, it's very short. Okay. Cool, it's fun. 
I got to hear about this murder submarine because, like, I saw you tweeting about it, and I was like, a murder submarine? Okay. What? So, <sighs> this is the new Netflix documentary called Into the Deep, which is all about a... It's all about the guy, Peter Madsen, who murdered a journalist, Kim Wall, in his homemade submarine. You guys probably heard about, like, this was, like, dominated the news for, I think, in 2017. It was, like, this journalist went missing, and she was on the submarine with this guy, and they couldn't find her, but they found him, and he had, like, the submarine was sinking, and they found, like, they found him, but she wasn't there, and he was like, oh, I dropped her off, and they're like, we haven't heard from her, and then they found her body, like, they found her torso, they didn't find her body, they found her torso, like, specifically, they didn't find, they found, like, literally just her torso in the water, and then he's like, oh, yeah, she died on board, and I had to cut her up to put her in the water, and then they found out that uh, this guy was actually, like, premeditated, wanted to, he tortured, raped, murdered, and dismembered this woman on the sub. And so oh God. it's it's so incredibly fucked up. But so this documentary is really interesting because the filmmaker, Emma Sullivan, who's Australian, was already making a documentary about Peter Madsen, like, when this was happening. Because she, he is, like... He is an inventor. He's he's Danish, Danish, sure, because I think Kim Wall is Swedish and he's Danish, and I get all this that all of that shit mixed up. Um, yeah, so he's a Danish inventor who basically wanted to make his like a homemade submarine, basically like with it like and not have like a government agency make it, which I didn't really think you could do. Like I don't really know what I thought it was like how the submarine creation worked, but I just was like, no, you couldn't just like do that in your backyard. Well, this guy is really smart. He's like a self-taught engineer. He wanted, his whole goal was to get his own crew into space. Like he wanted to prove you could build a rocket. And the submarine was like somehow the first step. And what people Mm. realized was why he wanted to make the submarine was because he wanted to murder, but no one knew that. So they're making this document, like, so the documentary that Emma starts making is like interviewing him about like making the submarine and the process of that and all of the interns and volunteers that like he has kind of acquired in this journey and so the footage is flipping back and forth between like them recording before the murder and then after and the whole thing is about emma and all of these people who knew peter like realizing that this guy's a fucking sociopath and it's all wow. about it's really interesting because it's all like their realization like one of these women who i believe was in a relationship with him realizes that she was on like one of the women he wanted to kill like he could have killed because he was like hey i want you to call the submarine with me alone and like said these weird things about like stat like she was like he said these things about like stabbing her and like all this crazy shit over text and she like slowly realized oh my god like he wanted to kill me and like this is evidence for the police and so he basically made a murder submarine to torture women and kill women and dispose of them and this documentary is just about unpacking that and about people like realizing like, oh my God, this guy was horrendous and self-serving and evil. And it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's really, it's, it's one of those things that I think is interesting because it's like, it's 
an interesting take on the true crime and it, it does focus on the people who were like involved and knew him and like had their perceptions of reality basically like entirely changed and it's really dark but the other interesting thing too is that emma sullivan when she started making this documentary she got permission from people to film for a different documentary so this came out in 2020 at sundance and they had to re-edit a ton of it because people were like i didn't agree to be in a documentary about this like i agreed to be in a documentary about peter as an inventor not peter as a murderer oh, shit. So before it came out on Netflix, it went through a bunch of edits, like removing people out of it who were like, I didn't consent to be in this. And then one of the main like interview subjects, this woman, her face is digitally like recreated. Like it's not because they, they, it's like it's weird. It's not blurring her face. Oh, I heard about them yeah. doing that. I didn't know what yeah, it was for, though. She didn't want she's scared of this guy. Like this, this guy's in prison, but like she's scared of shit of him. So she had her face digitally altered. So people couldn't see who she was like actually was and it was really yeah it's it's fucked it's one of them it's i think it's really well done it's also one of the more fucked up true crime documentaries i've seen yeah i don't know what to say about that we're really doing that to each other today just like briefly just very briefly speaking about true crime news today that uh the prosecution has decided to like not pursue adnan anymore yeah yeah serial i haven't done a lot of reading into that but that was around, that was where I, I mean, Baltimore, that's like 40 minutes from where I live. So that's really interesting. Wild. Yeah, that's a very interesting situation. And fucked up for a lot of reasons and how they much they mm-hmm. fucked up in terms of like, oh yeah, there could have been another, there was another suspect we didn't pursue. Another two yep. suspects, I believe. Sick. Wild. Anyway, <laughs> I know that this is a movie I think we both saw, a surprising backpack trip. I can't even explain why this movie made me scream in joy because it is a huge spoiler. But just know that I texted Mary Beth when a specific moment came up and said, I did not know Significant Other was blah. If that does make you want to go watch the movie, I don't know what will. But Significant Other is the movie that we have both seen uh, about a young couple played by Micah Monroe and Jake Lacey, who um, are dating. They've been dating for a long time. He takes her. She loves to surf. He likes to take hikes. They go on this hike into this forest where, unbeknownst to them, the night before, some kind of red comet has fallen out of the sky. There's something out there with them. And it goes from there. And I feel like that's about all I can really say. Yeah, so this is directed by Robert Olson and Dan Burke, who also did Villains that had... Micah, it also starred Micah Monroe and Bill Skarsgård, right. and that was kind of like a take on the home invasion um, movie. Mm-hmm. And so this is their take on like the kind of couple in peril movie. And like again, this is a movie you want to go in not knowing anything about because there's a really fun. Like it's, mm-hmm. it takes a lot of fun turns that you wouldn't expect. And I think the marketing is very misleading on purpose. Not like what I talked about with Smile, where I was like, <laughs> irresponsible. But this one has much more like purpose in it. And it's much it's much more fun than I expected. It's a little bit predictable, but like it's still really fun. Jake Lacey especially is hamming it up quite a bit in this movie, which is really fun. And it's just like... I'll say that it is predictable, but I also was not expecting... Well, two things that happen. Yeah, it's like, it's weird. It's like, it's the parts of it are predictable, but parts of it aren't. So I think they play with the idea of predictability in a really interesting way, mm-hmm. um, which I, I was, I was really surprised with how much I liked this. Cause I think 
like, you know, perfectly understandable, jaded horror journalist sees a trailer for something like that. I'm like, I mean, I love Micah Monroe and I really like Jake Lacey, but like, I don't know about this, but just watch it on Paramount+. Plus. They're, they're so really good together. good together. I got I was lucky enough to interview the two of them and Aww. they're incredible. And she's like the coolest. I just want to like, get a beer with Micah Monroe so bad. She's just she like seems really Yeah, man, cool. I don't know. I was in a really cool I was in It Follows and I kinda just kind of that wave just kinda happened and took me through horror. And I was like, Hell yeah. She's like, Yeah, I don't know. I like horror movies, but I didn't mean for this to happen. I was like sick. <laughs> So, yeah, I really, I was really surprised. It's a fun, it's a good, like, Halloween I was too. for sure. If you have Paramount Plus, mm-hmm. you should. Paramount Plus is stepping their shit up. I'm going to say, like, they've got some good shit. So good for them. They do. Yeah. This one really surprised me. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about Scary Movie, Mary Beth. Let's, let, let's talk about Scary Movie. This, this movie, what, what I, what I think is so funny about this movie is that it literally takes the script from Scream pretty much sometimes down to the the, the wording, the, the actual dialogue, and then is like, what if we take out this word and we play ad-libs or mad-libs and just sort of like insert something else so that instead of like, what's your favorite scary movie? Kazam! Have you seen Shaq's acting? Like, it's like literally mad-libs. Fart just noise. like, take the dialogue. Noises. And some fart noises. Take out some, take out a key word or two and find the most ridiculous thing you can insert in there. That's what she said. And you will get Scream. <laughs> or a scary movie. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> wow, that was shade towards Scream, huh? <laughs> Freudian slip. Um, yeah, so I, ha- I saw, I could not remember if I had seen this one and Scary Movie 2, because I remember Scary Movie 2 a lot better. Because that's the, that's the hand man, mm-hmm, right? Mashed potatoes, hand man. The reason I remember that I had seen this, and I had seen, I saw this, I think I wasn't, I think I was barely 10, if not 10, if not. Like, I was either <laughs> oh 10 God, or younger. Is, it's no, not the movie no, for that. Terry, I didn't remember this movie because I understood literally none of it. Because I had not seen any of the movies it was referencing. Uh-huh. The one reason that I remembered why I had seen it was when, Billy comes and squirts her into the ceiling. And because I was like, oh my ceiling. god, I, I, because I, I remember I unlocked a memory because it was with my dad was still okay. I was definitely under ten because my dad wasn't married to his second wife, but they lived together and they got married on my tenth birthday, and I will hold on to that forever. But that's not for right now. Um, <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, it's a fun little might get to throw in there. Putting a little pin in that for later. Um, I was like, what happened to her? Like, why? What's the white stuff? Why is she stuck on the ceiling? And they did not know what to do. And I was like, well, what did you think was going to happen showing a nine-year-old scary movie? I remember this. Like, I didn't know what was going on. Because we had, we watched a bunch of them. Because we watched, like, one, two, and then I think it's three the Charlie Sheen. What's the one where they make fun of Charlie Sheen with the boner? Is that two or three? I guess it would be three. It's it, the, that's the that's signs. That's like the signs. Aliens. World of the worldy one. World's world. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I we were like I think my dad was like showing me all those movies at an age of which everything just went so far <laughs> over my head. What? Why? Uh, you know, you're gonna have to Why? ask him. Um, 
<laughs> but yeah, so that was a fun, I just wanted to share that fun memory oh with the my. class because I was like, wow, okay, I have seen this. I just didn't remember it because I didn't, I understood none of the jokes. Now I do, just so everyone knows. <laughs> I, I understand what was happening now in case anyone was worried. So, wow, I, I can't top that story about my first time seeing this movie, but I will say, I'm going to say this. How sad is it that I watched this movie so much as a young man because this was like the only gay representation I had? Like, how that bad is, so... is that? How no, sad is that? That's about on par of mine, I think. That's pretty fucked up. <laughs> oh my God, are you serious? I, I am to dead come serious. And be like, this is such a homophobic movie. <laughs> It's it is, and it's also like I don't I don't even know what I don't even I don't even know how to unpack the the Miss Man situation. I, I, I don't even know what to do with that. But this movie had like penises, a lot of hunky shirtless men. Like, uh, what's his name? I cannot remember what his name is. Uh, is it Lachlan? Something Lachlan? Oh, the blonde guy. His name is Lachlan. Mm-hmm. It's got it's the douche. Lachlan sounds. <laughs> it's douchey. Why can't I think of what the actor's name is? But he's in it, and I was like so attracted to that man when I was when I was younger. I, it's just like, yeah, this was that's really this was the gay content that I was given. Like, like a lot of it is about like because they play because they're playing a lot with like ev- the sexual tension between Stu and Billy in the original one, which I was like, oh, interesting. But then they just like make it all about like weird claws. Like it's just very much like oh dude i sucked your dick and it's like no i'm not gay like that kind of stuff and it was like oh god all of this every bit of it aged poorly it dewey's character is a um terrible i yeah bad he is realized as someone with um a learning disability and they use the r slur quite a bit about him because this was 2000 so you know great yeah, trans transphobia, homophobia, and, fat phobia. I mean, every like yeah. it, it. I mean, like I we knew this going in. It was going to be like this, but it is wild to see what humor was like in two thousand. Like the number of fart jokes that going on here, absolutely, and like diarrhea, poop jokes. I mean, like it's it's got everything a young boy loves. <laughs> mm-hmm. And people loved it. It spawned a bunch more, and it spawned a whole genre of the horror, like you said in the intro, like a bunch of parodies of movies. Date movie, epic movie, disaster movie, vampires suck, like superhero movie, I believe, yeah. is one. Like, the, And those the ones I just listed were just ones by the people that were associated with this as as writers. Because uh, like, what happened was, I believe, Dimension slash Miramax bought two scripts that were very similar to each other and kind of smushed them together and gave them to the Wayans. So like part of this was like a script that I believe Jason Friedberg and Aaron Seltzer were doing. And then the other part was a Wayan Brothers script. And I believe that they kind of smushed them together and that's how we've gotten this. Because I believe at one point this movie was actually called what there are so many meet the spartans jesus christ oh i know there's, there's so just many of them and they're, they're all so bad but they make so much money people love this shit it's wild yeah God. um scream if you still know what i did last halloween was one of the titles of this film originally is scary movies better <laughs> 
Well, Scary Movies is a great title because that's what Scream was originally called. Oh, that's called, right. Scary Movies. So, like... Oh, that is funny. It's funny. Okay. Uh, also, Anna Faris. Oh, look. This movie's not great, but I love... Let's talk okay. about Anna Faris because I think this was my first introduction to Anna Faris, and I feel like... I think Mine this was, too. like, her big moment when she got, like, super... Like, recognizable. And I, like, Regina Hall is also in this, too. Like, who is incredible. It's, it's, like, really interesting to see the people who are in it and, like, where they are now, which is always a thing, but especially with Scary Movie, especially Regina Hall, who, like, was in Master earlier this year and, like, has been in some other horror, like, in horror movies and her career has evolved so interestingly, like, with comedy as well. And it's just very funny Mm -hmm. to see her start as this kind of, like, parody of a black woman. And the whole, like, you know, the whole scene of her talking loudly in the movie theater is, like, making fun of the way people think about, like, loud black women in movie theaters. And now it's interesting to see that she's in more, like, much more nuanced roles. So that that alone was yeah. very fascinating. Just to... Those are the only two reasons to watch yeah. this movie is their chemistry together, their t- their comedic yeah. timing. Anna Faris is so she's fucking funny in this. so funny. Like, yeah, I get it. A lot of her gags are, like, fucked up and but like she is just Anna Ferris is just so funny like her comedic timing her reaction her ability to play someone who's like kind of spacey is so mm-hmm. good her willingness to look yes. stupid to willingness to not be the kind of cute woman that like a lot of times movies will pigeonhole she is willing to be she's willing to go for that gag regardless of how ridiculous it is and I love that about her and she, I have loved her ever since I saw this movie and I think that Part of, like, my nostalgia for this movie is probably mm-hmm. because of her and Regina yeah. Hall, because I think they are just both so hilarious in these roles. And and their willingness, both of them, to really just kind of go I for that I agree with gag. that 100%. Like, there's a part where they make fun of The Matrix, and it's Anna Ferris and parody Ghostface running around, and I just, there's a part where she Irish dances in the air, and it's, like, not... It's just so, like basic but it just made me laugh i don't know i was just like it, it's so, it's dumb, so but it's dumb funny. I but love it's so when, funny like and that's like, the, some of the jokes here are kind of funny because they don't rely again when they don't rely on like <laughs> making fun of a minority group or like someone different there's some funny there is some funny stuff in here like the i did like the blair witch parody part did kind of crack me up i was like okay that but that is uh-huh. pretty funny to me like i mean everyone's made fun of it but still like i thought that was pretty funny well, and what I love that this movie does that a lot of these, uh, the, the kind of follow-ons, the date movies, epic movies, yada, 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 don't do, is this nails the look of that 90s dimension horror film. Like, the way this movie looks, looks like we're watching Scream, or we're watching I Know It's yeah. Last Summer. It, it mimics that sort of, the vibe, the kind of crisp modern aesthetics the kind of way the camera looks that it just it nails that vibe so much that if it weren't for the fact that it's it's you know mad libs you could be watching another really bad entry in one of those films and i there's something about that i really like it's just a lot of this has has not has not aged incredibly and probably to be honest was not appropriate back then yeah like there's no way any of that was appropriate then but it it felt more in line like in vogue with the comedy because like you know like Mm -hmm. that was like when shallow hell and like all of those fucking movies oh yeah i hate how much i love that movie as a child um i will not rewatch it because i don't want to even be confronted with the like i know how bad it is so just anyway yeah (laughs) We've come a long way in a very short uh, amount of time in terms of comedy, everybody. Or at least mainstream sure comedy. So, 
Good yes. for us. But speaking about how far we've come, what are we going to watch next week, Mary Beth? Because I'm really excited We're for this We're watching one. Slither, which is James Gunn movie. And it's disgusting and funny and one of Steve's favorite movies. So I'm very excited to... It's one of my favorite it's movies. It's gross. It's so gross. That's why I bought a t-shirt from it. I can't wait to wear it in the next recording because it's disgusting. Hell but yeah. But yeah, we're talking Slither. I'm very excited. Because the movie we talked about earlier in the series is like a direct lead into Slither, which is one of the reasons why we were excited mm-hmm. to talk about it. So, And then who are we talking to on Monday? Ooh, we are chatting with, hopefully, <laughs> we're chatting with Vanessa and Joseph Winter, the filmmakers behind Deadstream, and a segment in the upcoming VHS 99, and they brought with them the iconic Don't Look Now. And we are going to be recording with them in about 14 minutes. So, so. it's going to be great. We're pretty sure. But we're talking about found footage and also Donald Sutherland and Julie Christie being hot as shit. So, like, I don't know. It, how could it be not fun? Sounds like a good time so to me. get ready for that one because I'm very excited to talk Don't Look Now. Anyway, listeners, you've heard from us. We want to hear from you. Have you watched any of the things that we watched this week and have thoughts? Do you have analog horror recommendations for me and Terry? I'm making Terry fall into this hole with me now. Ha ha. If you want to look at my spreadsheet, my growing spreadsheet of movies, I can DM it to you because like I that's what I'm spending my time on now. Um, I'm not planning a wedding and have a full-time job. Of course, I'm going to start another like research project. Why not? Why not? Um, anyway, send us an email at scarredforlifepodcast at gmail.com, or you can reach out to us directly on Twitter. I am at MB McAndrews. And I'm McGailey And Dreadful. of course, don't forget to follow the podcast on Twitter at scarredpodcast. And please don't forget to review, rate, and subscribe. And join us on Patreon. <laughs> Where you could be watching this right now. Uh, thank you, Derek Power, for our artwork. Thank you to Sean Keller for our music. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Please stay safe out there, but most importantly, stay creepy. And until next time. powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What is The Briefing Room? It's a behind-the-scenes look at how the criminal justice system works and the lives of the people within that system. If you love true crime, well, these are the real people who do the job every day of making sure justice is served. Hi, I'm Detective Dave. I'm Detective Dan. Together, we have decades of experience in local law enforcement, a profession that we think is often misunderstood. So we're going to explore how to do it right, and we won't shy away from when it's done wrong. These are stories you'll hear nowhere else. Unique, frank, and unvarnished. From the team that brought you Small Town Dicks, this is The Briefing Room. Episode 1 drops on August 30th. We'll meet you in The Briefing Room. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.